Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Presents Escape from Ulfheim, Episode 29. I spy with my little. Now we can go, Matt. <laughs> Yay! Will we succeed this time? There is a big red button in the corner, so that must be we're recording. I'm Alex. I'm Matt. And I'm Carrie. <laughs> Welcome back to Dungeon Junkies. It's already gone to hell in a handbasket, so let's stay in hell with Chad. Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to my terrible and wonderful homebrewed world of Escape from Wolfarm. I am Chad, and I will be playing everyone else in the world today, but let's find out who the players are, and we'll start with Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie, and I will be playing Varian Nefin, the Wood Elf Warlock slash Wizard. Sparkles yeah. anxiously, I guess. See, even the, you know, intro was anxious. Love it. Yeah. We will then move on to who wasn't here last time, Caitlin. Hi, I'm Caitlin. I Damien totally was here last time. Shut up. <laughs> I wasn't moving house. I play Damien. I never gave him... Well, I did give him a last name, but you don't get to know his last name. So, <laughs> fuck you. He is a warlock, a Ganassi, shadow sorcerer, lover of rage, hater of all. <laughs> Done with everything. <laughs> That's about right. I like it all. And we keep on keeping on to Matt. Yes, I am Matt, and I am playing today Detective Wyatt Stanton. Um, more for interrangers, um, somewhat poisoned somehow, and abandoner of breakfast dates. And finally, we have Alex. Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm playing Avery, the Blade Singer Wizard Azamar, who is currently who is currently repeated to himself just keep swimming, because at the moment that's all I can do. That, that is true. That is true. The only difference is it's underwater and unconscious. <laughs> and with that, what a wonderful segue. Let us recap what happened last time on Escape from Wolf Arm. We'll start with Avery. Avery has found himself in another dimension, currently playing a game with the master of hunting, Cazador. In this first round, Avery has found himself in a jungle hunted by hounds. Oddly twisted creatures that resemble some strange combination of echolocation beasts with giant teeth and tentacles. Avery has managed to take out two of them. One of them, he's not exactly sure what happened, but he managed to kill it. And the second, with a sneak attack, took him out. 
But then, yes, Avery, while slipping through the jungle and sneaking about, lost his footing on the edge of the river and crashed into the rushing river of this created jungle, smashing into some rocks and losing consciousness. While that was happening, though, Wyatt and Virian were hanging out in Ganymede, trying to help and find Avery. They met with Bart in the Duke of Albany, getting the phrase Venator et Prada 616 to try and help them find Avery. This led them on a wild goose chase that led them both to the apartment complex, having a little meeting with Ferris the Unloved, and finding out the phrase was Latin for predator and prey, and Detective Wyatt setting up a breakfast date for the next day. They then headed over to the Wizmart, where they found out that service isn't always key, but it is always with a smile. Where they found nothing of service or helpfulness, but they did get really creeped out by the giant smiling golems that staffed the Wizmart. They also headed over to the Pellington Cross Megachurch, where they learned that Predator and Prey 616 was not a religious phrase, but 616 was a very common use for marking pages in books, so that they probably were looking for a book. And after this, they headed back and chatted with Bart, who called them beautiful idiots and told them he had figured it out for them and to meet him in an hour. After that, Wyatt got really drunk, assaulted an old lady in a McDougal's, and then they headed back to the Golden Crane Hatchery to meet up with Bart and Knives before heading out the North Gate in hunt of the Library of Ganymede and to try and hopefully find Avery. And finally, our last member who wasn't here last time, but we do need to go back a little into the past to catch up to where we actually are. So last time we saw Damien, he got some new accommodations. He also met with Chief Constable Ernst to find out some things. He asked about, or he asked about the Mithalar, and Ernst told him it's just a fable, a child's tale, if you will. After that, Damien decided to try and, you know, figure out how to survive here in Ganymede and headed over to the Golden Crane Hatchery where he had a little meeting with knives and they seemed to reach an impasse where they might not be friends, but they're not fully enemies at this point. But with that, we will kind of go back in time here to the moment that Damien is leaving the golden crane hatchery because Damien, your communicator gem goes off immediately from Bart saying, I found him meet at the Duke of Albany in 10 minutes. And as you say goodbye to Nice and stand up, you reach the foyer of the Golden Crane Hatchery and your communicator goes off again. And it's another message from Bart. And it says, important mission comes up. You are going with Grozny. Don't fight this pain otherwise. looks at the communicator like there's pain anyway what is this but with that still in the past 
kind of head forward with Damien following after Detective Wyatt and veering towards the Duke of Albany. You all watch Grozny mess with the drunk and whip him headfirst into the street to get him out of his way. And Virian and Detective Wyatt, you see Grozny give Damien, you ready? Damien gives him the dirty look and they walk off. But we now jump back into that moment with Grozny and Damien walking away from the Duke of Albany and heading towards the South Gate. Damien, Grozny is, waits for you about 10 steps ahead. All right, we're headed towards the South Gate. Do you want to give me any more information than that? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you all the information once we get to the, the uh, vehicle. Um, we can't be talking out here in the public. Don't know who's ever listening. As he's saying that, you're kind of like pushing through all the hordes of, you know, humans, elves, demons, and everything that always make up the streets of Ganymede. It's early in the morning, so it's not as busy, but there are still lots of people milling about. Fair enough. I'm basically just giving off an aura of get the fuck out my way. The two of you keep on keeping on. You head past the Overlook Hotel and you reach the gate, the south gate of Ganymede Square. And Grosny gives a nod of his giant gift head towards the Warforge there guarding the gate, who turns, puts his arm in the middle of the giant circle door as it slowly opens in the odd spiral that all these gates open. And as it does, Damien, you can see sitting right outside this gate on the other side is a huge military style Humvee with a large, what looks like a turret on the back. And Grozny quickly walks through, get in, as Grozny climbs into the driver's seat. Hell yeah. It's way better than bloody chocobos. Don't give me that shocked face, Matt. Mine was called Ginger. It's true. I'll hop in the passenger seat, I guess, even though I really want to get in the turret. Awesome. As you get in and close the door behind you, Grozny adjusting himself in the seat. Laugh a luxury, isn't it? Ain't bad. Right. Everyone else tries to go around on those stupid little animals and shit. I said, what the fuck would I do that? I want wheels, I want guns, and I want armor. Gotta say, I like how you think. See, Damien, I, I knew we didn't get off on the right foot, but I thought that you and I could work together, possibly. Hey, give us a gun and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I like you. As Grazny reaches forward and the engine turns over of this massive Humvee. Julius like jumps slightly at the noise. Alright, so we're uh, actually going to uh, check out the mess that uh, you and your friends left. 
Huh. Let's revisit the site of my death. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, and you're both, you can feel that you're slowly moving forwards now down the long path toward the other side of the gate uh, as Grozny keeps talking. So, we've, um, well, since the explosion, we've been monitoring the area. We've had a war forged out there every day. You see, it's um kind of become a lake. It's uh, very odd with all the rain and everything like that. And the area around the explosion seems to be crumbling. Not from the explosion as much as that everything around it seems to be slowly deteriorating and then crumbling. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, nothing really had happened here for a while, but uh, we lost communication with the Warforged a couple of days ago. Haven't heard anything from them until this morning. About 30 minutes ago, we received an SOS in Morse code from all the Warforged who were on guard. Lasted for about 30 seconds, then cut out again. Hmm. Okay. How many are normally in a patrol of Warforged? Oh, we'll keep six out there at a time. Okay, so something that's gotten the best of six of them. Yeah, it's not normal. They Warforged the vicious as has here. They're much stronger than normal ones. They all have a hive mind, so they work better in conjunction. It's quite impressive that anything took out our Warforged. Yes, I've met Vicious's various militaries. At this point, the Humvee pulls up to the other side of the gate, and one of the Warforges, Grazi gives a uh, hand raise from inside the cabin, walks over and unlocks the other side, and as the spiral door begins to open, you can just see the pouring rain outside pink lightning flashes going off as the Humvee slowly pulls forward and you hear the very familiar sound of pitter-patter of rain slamming against the window in the top of this Humvee. Well, this is familiar. Yeah, in my years I've never seen rain here in Ganymede, especially not for almost a month. I mean, I had a walk in this last time. Well, I feel bad for you. Glad we got a roof over our head now. Yeah, definitely. It was really funny for the, um, you're like this. There was a cleric in our party who, for some weird reason, had done like a drag routine. So he's just there in like a dress and makeup in the pouring rain. Oh my God, is he the one who flew off the stage? Yeah, were you there? No, I wasn't there, but I heard stories about it. They were talking about it the next day over at Saloon Rim. How this crazy dwarf flew off the stage in a hooker dress. Yeah, yeah, that's that's LB. Oh, man, I gotta meet that dwarf. He's dead, I'm afraid, but you know. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Oh, he was one who died in the explosion. Yeah, only very... The sparkly one, and I lived through the explosion. 
at this point, you're kind of puttering down the roads of the outs- outsides of Ganymede. Um, uh, it's gonna take us a little bit. Might be uh, protective in a badass, but don't move very fast. Still faster than walking. Uh, can I get a perception check from you, Damien? That is a d12. Why are you in my d20s? Get out of here. Uh, 23. Damien, as you're Grozny and you are chatting, out of the right side of your eye and out the window, you swear you see a flash of green go across one of the roofs of the buildings. Is anyone else out here, Grozny? I mean, we're in the outskirts of Ganymede. There's thousands of creatures, degenerates, and all sorts of things out here. Why? might be being watched. There's... I don't know, I saw a flash of green on that rooftop over there. Oh, I'd like to see him get into this bad boy. He slams his hand onto the uh, dashboard of this Humvee. She's specially she protected. out the way. She's specially protected. Warded. Nothing's getting inside this Humvee. And my concern is when we get out, said Humvee, but you know. Also, I got the gun on the back. Fair. Just keep an eye out, right? All right. And keep driving along down the road on the outskirts of Ganymede. As this happens, Grozzy turns. You know, Damien, I, uh, I did mean that. This is, uh, I kind of requested you to do this mission with me. You seem to be the uh, one of uh, your party who seems to get what's going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one of the party with the least morals. <laughs> yeah, morals get you killed around here, so. Very much the vibe. As much as I don't get on with people telling me what to do, I understand it is a necessary thing. Though if Bart fucking activates my neck pain again, I'm going to lose it. Well, I'm, uh, I have access to do that, but I'm, uh, I'm gonna try my best to not do that to you all day. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, I have a big issue with people taking control of me. So, like... We're getting on right now, but if you did something like that, that would just fucking shatter it, and we, and it would not be recoverable. All right. Well, if you promise me that you aren't going to try and kill me, I will promise you that I will not hit this button. Yeah, I won't try and kill you today. Who knows about tomorrow? <laughs> you know, I think this is the start of a fun friendship. Looks at the gun. Yes. When did this become a buddy cop thing? That's that's my aesthetic. I just want buddy cop things for all of my little campaigns, except for Avery, who I want to put through hell. That's that's all I want. Fair. 
Uh, but with that, you two keep on driving down the road. But meanwhile, on the complete other end of Ganymede Square, at the north gate, three individuals riding chocobos make their way to the exit of the north gate to head off and try and find Avery. Period. Detective Wyatt, you find yourselves with knives as the outer gate to Ganymede Square opens and you can see the pouring rains outside the North Gate. Oh, this is a shiny kind of event. Indeed. Well, this is going to be not fun at all. As you see, knives pulls from a little saddlebag on the chocobo, an umbrella. As he opens it up, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think I have any other ones for you two. It's fine, I'm sure we'll live. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I'm gonna warn you now, it's probably going to take us at least a couple days to get to the library. According to this map, he pulls out the map that Bart gave him, it's completely on the outskirts. Wonderful. Fantastic. Oh, teleport if you need one. Oh, wait, he's no dimension. I will say as well, it's gotten quite wild on the outskirts, so keep your eyes open, okay? So, not liking police officers then? I mean, Wyatt, no one likes police officers. Fair. All right, well, onwards and upwards then. As Knives leads his chocobo spicy and uh, begins heading out the north gate. Why, we'll stay here, chocobo, afterwards. And Varian will follow the pair of them. Awesome. Can I get survival checks from both of you? Where are my dice? With my sheet. <laughs> Go away, snow! Literally. Right, okay. Buddy um, cops prepared for everything. That's a 17 all in. Uh, 22 all in. The two of you begin to follow after Bart. The rain's pouring down. You are both immediately drenched. The the second you step out into this rain, it is so it's raining so hard. It's the kind where you go from completely dry to sopping wet in the blink of an eye. Well, ain't this just familiar? Wonderful. This is... I feel I'm going. I'm going to dry myself. I'm never going to be dry. Isn't this wonderful? 
You... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, it might not be wonderful, but I feel like if we complain about it the entire step of the way, the journey is going to be a lot longer. Maybe so. I encourage, I try to encourage my children to go a bit faster. You both begin to follow behind Vicious. Or not Vicious, sorry. You both begin to follow behind, <laughs> behind now. <laughs> Where did Vicious come from? <laughs> That's saying in, Chad. Come on, I'm crazy. We'll see what, what editing Chad feels like when he gets around to doing this. The two of you follow the Git Rocky on the Black Chocobo. And as you're going along, you both, like, the ground itself, um, there's so much water on it that you can feel your chocobos are, it actually, it's taking them longer to walk as they have to kind of, what each step they take, kind of look down at the spot as there's rushing water and potholes and everything. This, it definitely is quite obvious to you guys that raining is not a natural thing. Nothing in this area seems to be waterproofed in any kind of way. And this pouring rain seems to be breaking down a lot of the just environment around you. Sounds like Clacton. This is to all of our UK listeners. Clacton. It's just like that. <laughs> I could have been really mean and said and said cool, but no. No, that um, would have just that wouldn't be mean, Matt. That would be accurate. <laughs> fair. Um it's this what is I'm still getting frustrated with my chocolate boat at this point. I'm like, come on, a little faster. Your chocobo turns its head to look at you, gives you just a scowl before quee! <laughs> Take that as a uh, no, <laughs> basically. And I just basically, I almost, I almost, I almost resign sigh pretty much just like sit back in a saddle and just like gently encourage them like, it's okay go just go speed you can manage sort of thing <sighs> whilst internally regretting a lot of decisions i've made at hearing the chocobo make a noise nice looks over his shoulder why what are you doing to bob Just want to get there a bit faster, that's all. Can't blame you for that, this weather. Yeah, of course not, but I'm in the lead right now. You don't know where you're going. Bob is not going to go ahead of me. If you'd like to go faster, maybe you should, you know, speak to the person in charge right now. I thought you'd want to get out the rain as well, to be fair. Umbrella, Wyatt. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Even so, I'm sure you don't want it to take two days to do this journey. I'm pretty sure that you have other things to do. Oh, I mean, I have plenty to do, but as I told you, lately it's been kind of boring, so this is actually kind of fun. Wyatt would have a good glance at Vivian and then glance back. Then back at Vivian. Yeah. What? Yeah. I would 
Well, I basically give the look of like, I would much rather spend much more time with Vivian than any time with you knives. He's what the look is basically saying. <laughs> Can I get perception checks from both of you? Uh, the crit 20 plus 3. That's a 16 plus 6. Um, 22. As Wyatt and Knives are having this conversation, uh, you actually notice this first, Virion, because you're not in a conversation. Uh, and you see ahead of you, a the road is completely flooded over. You can see rushing water coming from the left side, just washing out the path in front of you completely. Okay, so not to interrupt what's going on, but hmm? look ahead, maybe, Wyatt? Oh, shh. Is it coming towards us or not? No, it's just washing out the path in your front of you. It's probably about a good 10-foot uh breadth of water that has, you know, seemingly something kind of just, it's, something's fucked up. This place isn't meant to have this much water coursing through it. So water has found a way and has created a bit of a rushing river in the middle of this road. I will, I, will, I will coax Bob to a, to a stop. Easy, Bob. Easy. Huh. Well... This certainly throws a wrench into the situation. It was supposed to just be an easy right down Fleet Street and take a right. Knife says as he's looking at the rushing water. He props the umbrella on uh, Spicy's neck. Hold that there for me, Spicy. As he pulls the map back out. All right, well, looks like we'll have to go track back. All right, all right. Oh, okay. Well, all oh, right, you I, two. Do we have to track back? Well, there's no way forward unless you suddenly developed a really keen ability to swim there, Wyatt. Well, I, I might have something that could help us here, is all I'm saying. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I may, what if I could divert that water flow enough for us to get past? Wyatt, I would love to see you try. Wyatt will get off of Bob and will walk up. So he's close enough to the water, but not too far away from it. And we'll legend shift to mystic mode. All right, mark off. Are you going to use your free shift or are you going to mark off the power? I'm going to use my free shift. That's okay. okay. Um, and it's just so, because that way he, he accesses his, um, his build for that. And I'm going to use wall of water to basically put it down in front of the, uh, of the water to stop it from uh, going forwards. All right. And how big a wall could you make? Okay, I need to check the spell list for this one because I have to keep ducking in and out for this one, so do bear with me one moment. <laughs> uh, wall of Water, if my memory served me correctly. Uh, where is it? Wall of Water, third level spell. Uh, create a wall of water on, a gra on the ground up to 30 feet long, 10 foot high, and a foot thick. 
All right, so you're going to try and create a wall of water to stop this rushing wall of water. Yeah, both. Yeah, and um, yeah, That's what I'm, I'm going to do that just to slow it down or um, slow it down just enough so we can get across. Hmm. I'm going to allow it. Uh, I don't fully know if I think this would work, but you know what? Fuck it. I like it. It had, uh, it, it had an AC as well. It's more it the concept it. of would a r wall of water stop a rushing river? And that's the real question, because I don't know if the wall of water would really divert the flow of the water as much as the water would just become the other water. But we're going to go with it. Well, basically, if, if it touches it, I think it turns it to ice. I think that's one being from this. Uh, oh, it spells like a little cold damage. Um, uh, caused the free soil. Okay, so maybe not that sort of things, but it's your call, DM. You know what? It's the holiday season. The wall of water, Wyatt confidently hops off of his chocobo. You, Virian, see the, what you have now become quite familiar with, the shing on the armor form over Wyatt before a small cape and mystic ruins appear on the armor as the armor goes gold for a second before shifting into mystic form. Then with a white gloved hand reaching forward and a huge 10 foot wall of water forms. And it's actually really cool how he does it because Wyatt, it actually just kind of looks like Wyatt takes the rushing river and just bends it up so that this rushing wall becomes a 10 foot tall kind of like spouting fountain of water that's kind of like going back on itself and creates a nice little path down Fleet Street for you guys. It's owning love for 10 minutes, guys. Let's get cracking. I will I get back on the bob <laughs> quickly. As well. Good job, Wyatt. I guess I, I'm quite impressed a little bit. Don't underestimate me. I can't hold my own. Wyatt, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't think it's possible for me to underestimate you. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how much I look better or not. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Wyatt will still wait for um, Knives to go first, because it's painfully obvious that I don't know the route to go. Knives kind of turns spicy and begins to head through the now created path of this rushing river. And at this point, I need you both to roll me a d20. And after that, you both, you are going to pick one of the numbers. You're not going to add anything to it. And it's up to you two which number you pick. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not saying a one is good or a 20 is bad or a 20 is good or a one is bad. Just got to pick a number. Got a five. I got a 10. <laughs> mm. I mean, 10's kind of middle of the road. It is kind of middle of the road, isn't it? So but five could be relatively good or relatively bad. Um, well, you, I mean, realistically, neither of them are probably going to be smooth sailing. So No, so should we go over 10? Because that way it's sort of middle of the road. Yeah, this time I, I take like, I don't know, 10 damage or something. Can I throw something at you? 
Um, no, I can't because I also picked the number. Uh, it's entirely your decision on that something. I'm happy to take the five. You want to take the five? Um, I don't necessarily know if the whole middle of the road thing means anything, but it's making me feel slightly better about it. So it is making me feel slightly better as well. Um, the the fact that we had the fact that um, we we're able to see the, the the chat from the other two players who aren't currently in this moment is making me incredibly more unsettled. <laughs> yes, I am also unsettled by the DM smart. <laughs> okay. Um... I just love putting you. This is this is so like basic. Like just putting you in peril by just making you make a decision <laughs> for for the benefit of a tape. Um, um, Alex is saying every time Chad smoked a seagull dies, not so there's many of the fucking things in the world. <laughs> Are we picking ten? <laughs> um ten. Yes, ten. We're, we're nailing it. In. We're nailing it in, yeah. Going with ten? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Alright. The three of you keep on heading down Fleet Street. You head past a right turn and knives. All right, we're not taking this one. Uh, we're taking the next right. All right, yes, yes, yes. And can I get a perception check from both of you? Uh, before I do on that side of things, are we now well away from where the washing, washing water was? Uh, you're at this point probably a good 10, 20 feet from it, yeah. So, it, so it's not, if I was to drop the spell, it wouldn't come back out? Uh, no, not, really. not at all. Okay, but no, I, then I demorph completely and break concentration. You see Damien Power, or I mean, uh, Wyatt powers down. And behind you, you can hear, even with the pouring rains, you hear a big sloosh of the water as the wall comes down and the just flood begins to pick back up, completely cutting off your path back towards the enemy down this road. I mean, if I can always um, be cast if I need to, we need to get out, so no problem. So. Powering down what I call Damien, what Damien sleeping looks like. <laughs> Perception check is seventeen for me. All in. My dice wish to see things. I got a fifteen plus six, twenty-one. My dice are fearful, just like me. You're both of you heading behind knives, and knives calls out that you're going to be making the next right turn, and you both look towards the right. And as you do, you are kind of going past a little slog of buildings, little five, six little kind of huts, they look like. They're all stone, uh, all dark, all just one story, seemingly kind of like caveman style structures that you can see. They're all built in a circle, though, next to you on this little plot. And as you start to get closer, you can suddenly start to hear an odd noise. Almost like a... Like a hissing, almost. Like the sound of gas being released as you get closer and closer to this little outcropping of five buildings in a circle. Hmm. Do you hear that as well? No, I see it. I was just going to ask you two if you heard it. Yeah. Well, I had his hand near his gun just in case. 
Doesn't touch it, tell it nearby. Yes, yes. Be on the ready, both of you. And knives kind of slows spicy down. You are all are traveling at a very, very slow cadence at this moment. This one chocobo foot after another. As you get right next to this building, and you can now see into the middle of this little clearing. And what you see is a huge coiled scaled creature. You don't see a head. Just looks like a giant, almost basket at this moment because of the way it's all curled up on itself. But at this point, it's probably about eight foot tall of what you can see. And you can hear, this is where that noise is coming from. And as Knives sees this as well, he immediately puts his hand up. And I need stealth checks with disadvantage from both of you. I rolled two twelves. That's sixteen. Uh, disadvantage fourteen. As nice. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, seventeen because of the eldritch invocation. I chose from deck saves. I can use my charisma modifier. Nice. Well played, Kes. It's unfortunate that the DC was twenty. Yeah. As Knives raises his hand, both you and Wyatt, Viren, step forward, your chocobos, both take one more step. And unfortunately, Wyatt, yours happens to kick a stone. And you hear a little pebble as it rolls down the road. You suddenly see the scales bristle on this massive creature in front of you before in the flash of an eye, a huge hooded snake head can be seen as a white scaled, almost ethereal looking giant spirit naga turns its head and flicks its forked tongue at the three of you before bearing its massive fangs. And at this moment, I need you both to roll me initiative. It's 14. Um, uh, 15. All right. Keep those numbers for now. Because before we start battle, guess what? <laughs> Meanwhile, Avery, you don't know how long it's been. You wake up back into darkness, cold, wet. You can feel water rushing around you. Your eyes still closed, your head absolutely throbbing. But as you open your eyes, you look around and you find yourself what must be the end of the river as you're in floating and looks, looks to be a small lagoon. 
you put your hand up and feel your head. You can feel there's still blood coming from the back of your head. But as you look up to the sky, floating there in this lagoon, you can see that another three hours have passed. And you are now at the 16 hour mark. Right, okay. So getting up and taking a look around, where am I? As you slog, you realize that this lagoon is probably only about three, four feet deep because as you kind of slosh about, your feet immediately hit the bottom and you realize you can stand up in this water. And you look around and you're you in the jungle still. You don't don't recognize any of these trees. You definitely hadn't seen this lagoon before. Around you is just kind of a circle of trees. I mean, because I've been taking notes in this forest. Right. Avery just takes a deep breath and makes his way out of the um, water and into the forest, I guess, again. Might as well continue. I'll grab us. I'll grab any little small stones or rocks lying around, just so I've got them prepared. Avery, as you begin to try and make your way out of the lagoon, can I get a dexterity save from you? Oh yay! Actually, first of all, give me a perception check. Nice. Okay, so the perception, because I am fairly perceptive, plus seven, 22. All right, uh, you can roll this dexterity save with advantage then. Okay. Well, f- well, that's lucky because I dropped a one. So my dexterity save is a 19 plus three. Avery, you kind of stand up, adjust yourself a little bit, standing in kind of the middle of this lagoon and begin to make your way and slog your way across to try and get to the bank. And if you've ever walked through a lagoon or anything like this, it's very difficult in general because the ground itself becomes so murky and muddy that it's, it's like fighting your way through sludge. And as you're going and you're fighting your way through, you look to your left at a log that you thought was a log for a second but your fight or flight instinct in your brain reacts just in time to realize that ain't a log, that's a crocodile. As it lunges towards you, you dive forward and reach the bank of this lagoon as this gator or this crocodile just snaps right behind you for kind of giving you an annoyed growl before kind of swimming back into the deeper parts of the lagoon. Don't train you for that at the college, that's for sure. Alright. Right. Only right. 16 hours have passed. Ah, oh. alright. And I will make my way back into the forest. Awesome. Uh, would you like to go east, west, north, or south? 
go south. Okay. Alright, make me a survival check. Um, I have a, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those sessions again. Um, 18. Because I rolled like an absolute monster with most of my rolls last time. Avery, you make your way out of the lagoon, giving a dirty look towards the crocodile that tried to eat you and push your way back into this dense jungle. Pushing your way through, fighting through ferns and vines and branches and all other such accoutrement of the jungle. You can hear the buzzing of the insects around you. Every once in a while, you can hear a odd growl of what you assume is more panthers, as you have already seen a panther in this jungle. But you make your way along, and everything's going fine. You travel, just kind of just through the jungle, away from the river. And you're just kind of in the jungle, going going. Is there anything you'd like to do besides just travel? Alright, I'm going to try my luck with something. Um, hmm. Actually, I'll try it later. I'm going to keep going for now. Okay. Uh, can I get another survival check then? Seven, seventeen. No, sorry, sixteen. It's been about an hour at this point of you just traveling through the jungle, just going and going. And you find you, as you keep going forward, suddenly the forest just stops and you find yourself back at the river again. A different part of the river, though, than you've been at before. Might not even be the same river. You're not sure. It's hard to tell. All right. Well, I'm continuing. Yeah, I'm going to continue south. Okay. Uh, you're going to cross the river? I think I'll stay on this side for now. Okay, uh, the river is bisecting your southern journey, so you'd have to either turn east or west if you would like to do that, or you have to cross the river. Yeah, I'll cross the river then, so I can continue heading south. Sure, it's only about a six-foot gap, so can I have an athletics check for you to hop it? Flat 11. You... Avery, take a couple steps back and run and leap. Land on the other side and a bit of the ground crumbles beneath your feet and you uh, almost fall backwards, but you manage to regain your balance as you stand on the other side of this river. And you keep going. About another hour passes of you just walking through this jungle nothing really seemingly happening just the normal buzzing of the insects the odd animal noise every once in a while the sound you can hear rushing water at all times there's 
these rivers that are around here are quite loud, if you will. But you keep going. And then suddenly, the forest stops. But this time, as you reach the edge, you look over, and there's no river. There is no anything. As Avery, you find yourself standing on the edge. And as you look down, you look out into just an inky void of darkness. And you can look to your left and your right, and you can see that the just stops. There's no more jungle after this. It's just a void in front of you. Hmm. Damn, I guess I'm not following this through any further. And at this moment, can I get a perception check from you? Damn, that's great. Um, I keep forgetting I have an ability called Knowledge of the Past Life. Basically, in short of it, as a reborn, you can add a d6 to ability checks, and you can do this equal to your proficiency bonus. So I'm going to use one of them in, because that is an absolutely terrible roll. Perception. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's much better. 12 plus 7 altogether. Avery, as you're staring off into this inky blackness, you get that odd feeling of being very small. It's like there's just, it's just expansive. Like you, you've been walking through this giant jungle now for almost a day and the jungle itself is huge, but you can see that it is nothing compared to whatever place you are in. This is a small speck. And you being even a smaller speck on it just can feel just the you know vastness of where you are. As you think about that for a minute, though, behind you, you hear the snap of a twig. And without fully turning, you look over your shoulder and through the trees, you can see one of the tendrils of a hound kind of making its way about, feeling about and as you see the first tendril, about 10 feet to the left, you see another tendril kind of coming through a different part, kind of feeling about. But what would you like to do? Damn. Uh, let's see. I got to hand. So apparently I've got 31 HP still. According to my um, notes from last time. Oh no! I always forget how much little HP I have with this character. Right. So the two are in front of me. No, they're behind you right now. Behind. There's okay. one directly behind you, and then there's one off to your left behind you. But you're at a ledge. There's nothing to go. There's nowhere to go forwards. Do I still have the ring to speed? Oh, yeah. Nothing was taken away from you. Okay. I know these guys can't see.
Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is one of the rocks I got from the lagoon. I'm going to go high and see how far I can throw it into the forest on the side I'm on. See if I can bait that one with the noise. So you, you want to try and throw one like directly behind you? Uh, yeah, back into the forest on the side yeah. I'm on. Uh, all right, yeah. Uh, go ahead, uh, make me a uh, strength check. And I'm going to use my ability again because of flat nature. Oh, is this general strength or an athletics for this? Just general, general strength. strength. Okay, so I don't get my d6. That's not too bad. 15. And Avery, how are you going to throw this? Are you like going to throw it over your shoulder? Are you going to turn to throw it? I think I'm trying to do it as quietly as I can. I'll use the adamantium arm because I know I'll be able to throw harder with that arm than me regular. Okay. So you're going to turn? Just try to not make too much noise. Just like try and slowly turn around before throwing it into the forest. Okay. Uh, give me a stealth check. Uh, 16. All in. Avery, you noticing both of these hounds behind you. You pull quietly one of the rocks from your pocket that you've acquired, slowly turning. You throw the rock as far as you can. And you hear, as the rock crashes through the canopy. And you see the tendril that was right behind you withdraw for a second but then it reappears quickly. Moving forwards. As you can now see the face of this hound, the giant flaps coming up of the membranes, giant gnashing jaws of the teeth as it's kind of just slowly creeping forwards. It definitely doesn't seem to have fully seen you yet, but it seems to have some kind of idea that you're probably near. Fuck it, let's take him on. Let's take him on. So I'm going to... Hmm. How deep's a river? You're not near a river anymore. You're in oh, the middle of a forest. There's still not a river split between us, right? Okay. Okay, that does not matter then. I'm going to check on the ring of speed because I need that extra movement. And I'm going to draw me axe me blade and I'm going to just, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to use me bonus action dash to go at the first one on that's um, closest to me. The one that you could just peeking its way from right behind you. All right. Uh, okay, so I will need a few things from you. Uh, first of all, give me a, another stealth check. This one a disadvantage. Uh, 14 is my low. I got a 12 okay. and 11, so 14 all in. All right, well, with that then, can you please make me your attack roll? Because I assume you're going to go right for this one with disadvantage, yeah, as a, please. As a blade, I know I do get extra attacks, so it's two attacks. 
So, but they're both a disadvantage. Yep. Well, let's see. Roll the first one before you get the second one. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, my low is a nine plus seven. Nine plus fifteen. No, sixteen. Sixteen. Yes, numbers. And what's your AC there, Avery? Uh, fourteen. Okay. Uh, can you roll me some damage? Uh, two d six was this axe, wasn't it? Uh, two d eight. Oh shit, d eights. Okay. Oh damn, that's bad. Uh, this weapon was a dex weapon as well, wasn't it? Yep. Nine damage on the first strike. Uh, Avery, as you turn, you throw the rock, you realize that didn't work. You see the face of this hound make its way in, and your fight or flight mechanism kicks in, and you go, fuck it, it's time to fight. As you draw your axe and your blade, you... Having the ring of speed on, move very quickly towards this thing with your axe up and you try to swing it down. A minute though, a step before you get to the creature, you hit a small twig and it snaps and the membrane snap towards you and you very easily bury this axe into the shoulder of this hound. But one of the tendrils from its other shoulder whips out and slams into your chest and you will be taking seven points of electric damage, and I need a constitution saving throw. Okay, con save. Uh, 15 plus two, 17. Yes, 17. Avery, you feel your arm, the ax driven into the shoulder, tentacle on your chest you like the electricity courses through your body and you feel every muscle in your body tense up and you you feel that you can't move for a second but you snap yourself out of it and you are not stunned but at this okay, point yeah, I will need you to roll for initiative yeah and you will not be getting your second attack because the uh, tentacle attack caused that from happening that is only a nine. What? <laughs> I've rolled really well with this initiative up until this point. But it's got to end somewhere, isn't it? All right. You said a nine? Yes. Well, that doesn't matter. Because meanwhile, <laughs> we find ourselves back in the streets of Ganymede. But on the south oh. side of Ganymede, in a very nice Humvee, traveling down the road. Been a few hours at this point. Damien, you've just been traveling with Grozny. It's been nice, nothing really, just little chit chat here and there, little jokes about, you know, how stupid everyone else in this world is. Grozny has a lot of the same opinions as you do, Damien. He doesn't really like anyone in this world and just kind of looks down on everyone.
Has Bart told you what he thinks of Julius Crosley? Oh, he fucking hates that bird. <laughs> First time he came into contact with him. Literally, I had him appear like in front of him and he dropped and I took his money. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, Damien. If Bart could, he would fucking fricassee see that bird and eat it. That's he fucking hilarious. hates that bird. It's a spirit as well, so it just keeps coming back. Oh, he knows. He was talking to Vicious the other day, or at least uh, he said he was, about trying to get that taken away from you, but Vicious just laughed at him. Yeah, as powerful as Vicious is, I don't think he wants to piss off the Raven Queen. Oh, Vicious don't like to piss off anyone. Vicious tends to work with people. Yeah, that's fair. I thought he was asleep anyway. Oh, yeah, he's definitely asleep right now. Probably will be for the next eight to nine years. I'd like to be able to sleep for eight to nine years. Well, when you've been alive for, you know, billions of years, got to get to sleep in sometime. Oh, that's fair. I guess I, I sleep when I'm dead, which, you know, happens quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> See, Damien, I don't think anybody else gets your humour, but I think you're fucking funny. Thank you. Finally, someone fucking gets it. You guys are kind of okay. plodding down the road here on the outskirts of uh, Ganymede. And you make your way, you turn off of Cornetto Boulevard onto one of the side streets. And as you do, it doesn't take much longer at this point as the Humvee is moving a good clip. I mean, it's not fast, but it ain't slow. And you find yourself on the edge of a now massive lake. Jesus, you weren't kidding. And Grozny, the Humvee pulls to a stop. Yeah, no. With all this rain and the hole that you guys left, it's been kind of weird out here. Not gonna lie, it was kind of weird to be there in person in the first place. Yeah, what exactly happened to all y'all? What, what did you get told about it? Honestly, Damien, we got told that uh, it got blown up. Well... You know, we get on. You can hear the full story. We were... Some person was was impersonating one of our party. And, you know, we all got threatened by this big-ass Azimuth. You know, just burst into a bar and kicked someone across the room. The usual. You talking about Zafiel? Yeah. Honestly, His men uh, went missing. I'm uh, be honest with you. You owe uh, Zafiel your life. We wouldn't have found y'all if uh, he wouldn't have been hunting y'all. Zephyr's the one who found your bodies. Hey, good on him. He and I got on mostly. It was just kind of the others he marked for death. But no, we we were looking for his men and also for whoever was impersonating Tam. And we ended up out here following this trail of like weird liquid. We ended up fighting a bunch of headless Asimar that had like devices and essentially they sent they set off like a chain reaction explosion 
Well, this just got a whole lot more interesting then, didn't it? Yeah. Especially because no one seems to know, like, where it all came from or who was behind it or anything. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely a little bother, Dr. Couvert. Like, our, our warforged are advanced and everything, but I don't, we need them to have the hive mind and everything like that. I don't think they can live without a head. Yeah, it was an experience. I, I tried to leave, honestly, but I got caught up in the explosion. Smart. Save your own skin. By that point, like, two of them were half dead in the pit. Another one was, like, in battle with three of them and being dropped from the fucking ceiling. We weren't gonna win. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna get no qualms from me, Damien. Survivors gotta survive. Exactly. I can only get resurrected so many fucking times. I only died once and I, uh, don't intend to do it again, so... Was it a good death, or was it a shit death? Damien, I won't lie, it was a shit death. Yeah, you've done well for yourself, despite it. Uh, Grozny kind of, you can see a bit of a smile on his large gif hippopotamus face as he readjusts the gaudy military jacket that he wears. You're right, Damien, I've done pretty well for myself here. All right, well, Let's get this uh, done and you know what? Head back there and I'll buy a drink. Let's see how much, let's see how many who can out drink the other. That'll be a real question. <laughs> he kind of chortles as he grabs his large belly. Damien, I believe you might be one tough SOB, but I don't believe I've ever met any individual in this planet or universe that can out drink this beast. I'll just get out the Humvee and just be like, ah, oh, look, I'm already wet. Yep. Opening the door and stepping outside the Humvee is like jumping into a pool. You are immediately soaking wet. But can I get a perception check from you right away? Uh, 16 plus 10. Damien, as you... very annoyed with this weather. <laughs> As you hop down from this massive Humvee, you get a full scope of this massive crater that was created from the aquarium explosion. It is a good 300 feet across from from one side to the other of this massive lake. And you can see that the water from the rain pouring down is quite choppy, almost looks like black viscous liquid because of just how dark it is and the flashes of pink lightning going off. And as you look around the lake, you can see what Grozny was talking about with the decay. As the buildings that were around the aquarium don't look like they were damaged from the actual explosion, but the ground itself seems to be corrupting as there are black tendrils, kind of just cracks forming all over the ground and some of them have made their way up into the building walls. And you can see parts of these different style buildings, houses and 
warehouses and such that surrounded this aquarium are all crumbling down. Walls are starting to just break away. You can also see that around this crater uh, must have been formed by these Warforged or Vicious's men, but you can see that there was some kind of remnants of a barrier that they had set up. Uh, a yellow line that seems to have been broken though, and it's all kind of falling apart. And as Grozny steps out from the side of the Humvee, well, that's definitely not good. Someone clearly broke the warning lines that we had, protecting anyone from going into the lake. Can I get a better look at the warning lines? Is it broken from... Which way is it broken from? Is it something's come out or something's gone in? Uh, you actually can't tell. So the best way, it looks like they were all like little posts that would be put into the ground. And then once they're all put in the ground, they kind of connect to each other. So once one was taken down, the entire grid just kind of fell apart. So you can't really, there's no remnants of it. You can just see where the poles have been knocked down to take down this line. Hmm. What kind of thing can take those down, Grosny? Well, I mean, honestly, they're not the most stable things, but to get by the Warforged to even touch them is quite impressive. Do you know where... You got an SOS, didn't you? Did you get, like, coordinates or anything? Yes, they all, all just came from the lake. That uh, We assume they're somewhere still around here. At least some portion of their bodies has to be around. Or else we wouldn't have gotten any messages. Okay. We should probably try and find what's left of them, shouldn't we? That is our uh, mission. If there's nothing alive, we're by orders of Dr. Couvert requested to bring back any parts. He said he could scan any of their physical memories to maybe get something of what might have happened to him if we can bring anything back. I'm going to send Julius up for an aerial view, just because when I saw the green flash earlier, I'm just paranoid. <laughs> huh? Go ahead. Uh, you can uh, send Julius up for an aerial view and give me a perception check with Julius, please. Off you go, buddy. Uh, that is 17. Julius flies from your shoulder. Up into the air. And looking around, Julius trying to get a bird's eye view of everything. He's just kind of it's really difficult to get an, like any kind of breadth of vision out any for the rain is coming down so hard that even with his, you know, wonderful bird's eyes and everything like that, to try and actually see like any distance away from you is quite difficult. But flying up this high. Julius does spy on the opposite side of the lake a gold, some kind of piece of gold you can see glittering on the other side in one of the flashes of lightning. Gross is just watching Damien with his eyes rolled back. <laughs> some sort of demon. That's a real interesting trick you got there, Damien. Julius kind of hops back down. There's something shining. Your Warforged are all gold, aren't they? 
That they are, Damien. There's something gold glinting on the other side. Well, let's check that out then. I'm reluctant to leave the turret, but hey-ho, this is the job. Awesome. Uh, you gonna make your way around to the other side of the lake then? Yep, with Grosny, because not going to be by myself in this hellhole. Oh, uh, Grosny follows right behind you, as you are the one who saw it. And uh, you guys make it around the lake, no issues at all. And as you get to the other side, to the spot where Damien, uh, or where Julia saw the glinting of gold, you look down and you can see one of the heads of a Warforged laying there. Wow. They lost their head. <laughs> Once again, I don't think other people get it, but that's funny stuff right there, Damien. Other people will be like, ooh, someone's died. Ooh, have respect for the dead. It's a oh, fucking dang. machine. Who the fuck cares? Also, we're all dead anyway. See, I I knew you got it, Damien. I just pick up the head and I'm just kind of looking at it like do you have anything to tell me? As you pick up the head, Damien you look and you realize that this was cleanly severed as someone who has slit some throats and done some terrible things to people you realize that this head was just completely sheared from the neck there is, like, if you look down at the neck, you can see perfectly every component that is in this Warforged head is all left here and perfectly intact, but the head was just perfectly removed from the body. Fucking hell, Grosny. What? Look at this cut. Look at the sever point. That Grosny. is a one and done. Grosny reaches out and grabs the head from you. Holy shit. This is... I've killed a lot of people, but, like, I barely get that level of... Well, and... The armor that we use on these Warforged. Oh, something to be able to slice through this like a hot knife through butter. Bart's going to be very interested in this. All right, well... I don't think there's... Did your bird see any others around here? Can't really see shit in this rain, honestly. Yeah. You got lucky fucking, with the lightning. Fucking pissing cats and dogs out here. Meow. Well, we got all we came for, looks like, so... I'll say we head back. Bart can fuck off if he doesn't like it. Honestly, same, because these black tendrils and shit is just giving me vibes of, you know, the hospital shit? Oh, yes, we heard all about the hospital. Yeah, black tendrils and weird liquid and things. I've had enough of that for any of my fucking lifetimes. Well, Damien, let's hope that you have had enough of it for your lifetime. Black tendrils and goo sounds like hell. 
I mean, I can make my own black tendrils now, but like, stop trying to choke me, you weird people in a hospital. People usually go to the hospital if they're choking to be stopped choking, not to go to the hospital to be choked. So if I wanted that, I'd go to a very different establishment. But I never Funny guy, you, Damien. Ever. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, get the fuck out of this rain and head back and get warm. Yeah. Grozny throws the Warforged head into a little saddlebag that he has on his side. And begins to head back towards the Humvee. I just kind of glare at the lake for a minute before following Grozny. Because I'm like, hmm. I trust nothing. Can I get a perception check from you? Uh, 16. Damien, as you and Grozny begin to head back around the other side. To your left, suddenly, a huge pink lightning bolt slams into the ground, almost knocking you off because it's just, it was probably a good maybe six feet from you at the most. And Grod, holy fuck! I take that as a sign. (laughs) Yes, we need to get the fuck away from water. What the hell? Jesus. At least it's not salt water or we'd be fucking dead. As you say that, another huge lightning bolt comes down and hits right in the middle of the giant crater lake next to you. And you see like pink energy kind of just erupts and through the whole lake. This whole little area is lit up for a second. And you can see around you the actual just degradation of all of these buildings. It was hard to see in the dark. With this little flash of light, though, you can see that it actually looks like veins are, like, forming in all these buildings around and, like, ripping the buildings down themselves as they're seeming to be, like, eating from the inside out. Like, whatever parts are closest to this lake are the most destroyed. Okay, get in the fucking car. (laughs) Yes, yes, we need to get the fuck out of here. And Grozny picks up his uh, gift pace a little bit as he begins to kind of jog his way back towards the Humvee. I'm kind of following, prepared to misty step at any moment. I'm like... You both make it back to the Humvee. Grozny climbs inside. And Damien, you climb inside as well. What that wish you? Shuts door. <laughs> Opens door, lets Julius in. Shuts door again. Even though he can phase through things. So I don't know why I did that. Right. Well, that is... I don't think I ever want to come back out here again. I say we make Bart come, if he asks. <laughs> I would love to say that I could make Bart do anything, but... It's a wonderful I... dream, though, Damien. 
Yeah, and his wonderful dream is, I don't know, me dead and dubious on a barbecue. It really is, Damien. Honestly, the amount of shit he talks about that bird. I'm amazed he doesn't talk more shit about me. Because he knows I control the bird. Yeah, but he always says he controls you because he can just now snap his fingers and make you die. So he can't do anything to that bird. He keeps saying, he's like, oh, I could snap my fingers and make you die. It's like, I've died three times. You think it would fucking... It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, you think one of these times it would stick? Yeah, one, you think it'd stick. And two, you think, like, after the third time, it loses its impact. Really does, you know? You keep dying over and over, it's the same kind of thing. Without evil, there is no good. If everything's just evil, then... It's just what it is. If all you're gonna do is die, that's just what it is. It's just, you know, a waste of my time. <laughs> well, Damien, we've had a good little time today. As Grazi reaches forward and turns the engine over as the army starts up. But I don't want to fucking be outside the gates anymore. It's fucking horrible out here. I vote we floor it. <laughs> I'll uh, get a goat as quick as I can. As I said, she's built for protection, though, not speed. And then he slaps the uh, dashboard one more time. Plus, Damien, as I said, while we're in here, ain't nothing getting us. The more you say that, the more I feel that something is going to try and get us. Oh, uh, like what, what, you know, taunting the universe kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like there's an uncaring deity sat in Wisconsin, just ready to make me suffer. I don't know what a Wisconsin is, but I can tell you Neither that deities are a bunch of assholes. I agree. Looking at my, looking at where I know there is a bomb. All right. Well, let's uh, get us our asses back home, mm, Grozny. Puts the Humvee into reverse before making a nice little wide turn and heading back down the road back towards Ganymede Square. Just glaring out the back window at the lake as it disappears. But meanwhile, we go back to the streets of Ganymede, but on the other side, to the north side of town, up Fleet Street where we come to Detective Wyatt, Stanton, Viri, Nafine, and Knives sitting on the back of their chocobos, but now sitting in front of a 10-foot-tall spirit naga hissing angrily at them. Will Virian, Knives, and Wyatt be able to handle the giant Spiranaga on the outskirts of Ganymede? Will Avery survive being hunted by these malicious blind hounds? And has Damien actually found himself a new friend? Find out next time on Escape from Wolfarm. podcast was brought to you by me, Chad, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Mad Attack Productions. <laughs>